Legally Blonde, Suits, My Cousin Vinny. All badass lawyers, all different. Which begs the question, what type of lawyer do you want to be? Don't waste another second thinking, ugh, I don't even know what types of lawyers there are. Trust us, we've been there. Let's put a stop to that once and for all. Go take the 90-second quiz from new lawyer now what coach Angela Vorpal to give yourself a clear picture of the best fit type law for you. Go to www.whattypeoflawyerquiz.com and take the quiz today. Once you've taken the quiz, send us a DM on Instagram to let us know what type of lawyer you got. We can't wait to hear. Hey guys, and welcome back to Ladies Who Law School Podcast. I'm Haley. And I'm Sam. This week's episode is brought to you by BarCast Audio. Whether you're a 1L preparing for your first final season, or a 3L looking to get ahead on bar prep, is anyone really doing that? Well, maybe you are. But BarCast Audio has you guys covered. Their podcast audio lessons are perfect options for busy law students. BarCast Audio has flashcards, essay attack sheets, and one-of-a-kind workshops that are the secret weapon for your next big exam. For all of you taking the bar next year in 2021, that's coming up soon, guys, literally so soon, BarCast Audio has a special offer just for listeners of the Ladies Law School podcast. So right now, you can get 10% off your pre-order at BarCast. Um, audio for the MBE pack, which includes access to the audio lessons, essay workshops, attack sheets for all the seven MBE subjects. And honestly, guys, it's so easy to play it in the car, play it when you're showering. That's what I've been doing. Play it in the morning when you're making your coffee or your chai tea, because I don't drink coffee anymore. So, you know, it's very convenient. So just use promo code LADIES. L-A-D-I-E-S at checkout at BarCastAudio.com. And this week's episode is a follow-up Q&A. So we got a bunch of questions and we couldn't get to them all last week. So we are here to finish answering them now. All right, guys. So the first question we get, well... We've gotten this a lot, and it's just kind of like, where would you go to law school? Where do we go to undergrad? What we studied in undergrad? And if you're new, you probably maybe haven't heard some of the previous episodes, and that's totally okay, because we're going to give you a brief little introduction of who we are. Yeah, so we both go to Oklahoma City University School of Law in Oklahoma City, in the state of Oklahoma. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But yeah. And I went to Texas Tech University and studied public relations and business. Public relations consisted of a lot of media courses and business was everything from finance to marketing and accounting. And like Haley said, we both go to OCU and I went to the university, well, I graduated from the University of Georgia. I went to a smaller school for two years and then transferred. Um, And I studied political science there. And most of my political science 
course classes leaned more towards law or I tried to. I took like a con law class in criminal law, criminal procedure, like those types of college level classes that fell under political science. So that's kind of the path that I took. Yeah. So we figured that we got those questions in the Q&A because there's a lot of new listeners and new people who have joined our community. So welcome. And yeah, that's our little intro. But now we're going to dive into pre-law tips and basically just cover the ground of what you guys asked us. So first things first with pre-law, right, is LSAT. You know, um, any tips that helped with studying for the LSAT, the best study tips. I mean, we get that question so much and it's hard to really say what to do because I know people in our law class who have done it complete 180 of what me and Samantha have done and what we did. Um, so just prefacing that, like, keep that in mind. I would say that the biggest tip and also, I mean, I admit I should have probably taken way more practice tests than I did take. And I think we all know that now, (laughs) now that we have the podcast, a bunch of you guys send us tips when we ask for it. And we've also seen like in our Facebook group, a bunch of people talk about LSAT stuff. So my top tip would be to take a lot of practice tests. Everyone says that practice tests, practice tests, practice tests, that's the way you're going to get better. I mean, the LSAT is learnable. It's, it's logic. It's, you know, you have to learn in the way that the LSAT works and practice tests. That's the way you're going to learn. So if I were to give you a tip, that would be it. Cause I wish I would have done way more than I did. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, as something that I wish that I would have known before would be how much practice tests would help. And just doing that is going to put you in the time frame that you have to answer the questions and the environment and just practicing answering those questions. Like I literally cannot say that enough. Practice makes perfect. It's proven. I know that uh, we have seen that for us as well. So yeah, definitely agree and recommend that. Um, as far as the ideal time to have your application in to the school by, I would say the earlier, the better. You're going to have a better chance with a lower score of getting into a higher ranked school because schools only, I mean, when you look at the amount that they let in, right? Like you'll see someone in the 140s and they'll only be one in each category. And like you could potentially be that one person, but it depends if you meet the quota in time. Yeah, I would really recommend just along with taking the LSAT as early as you can so you can have time to take it again if you need to, but definitely get those applications in as early as possible. I definitely wish that I had applied sooner because I was literally told by a school that if I had applied sooner, that I most likely would have been able to go there. Yeah, Um, same. So it's disappointing when that happens, but hey, everything happens for a reason, right? So, you know, if you do end up in that situation, it's not the end of the world. But I mean, if you really want to go somewhere and like you know that they take a lot of people early, I mean, try to apply as early as you can. And like the day it opens, like seriously, I think that that's one of the biggest things that I wish I would have thought about before I applied to law school as well was like the time frame and how important it is to apply early 
and how maybe that's why I got asked if I was applying for the next year, you know, because it would have been better for me. But uh, someone said that they made a 145 on the LSAT and that law school seemed super out of reach. And if we had any advice and absolutely have advice, like it's not out of reach at all. I think you have total potential to go to law school. I just mentioned how most schools take someone in the 40s, but they usually only take one or two people. If you can write some and try and just do all the other things that need to be done, then you have a real chance. But just know, obviously it's slim, but there is a possibility. So keep that in mind. Don't feel discouraged just because you are scoring in the 40s or the 50s or even the 60s. Like some people get really upset about that. Um, I know on suits, literally, she's like, if I'm in the 160s, like, don't even tell me. And that's like crazy to me, you know? And that's also just super high expectations. Like if you're trying to go to Harvard, then yeah, that is the expectation. But that's only, there's only 14 schools in the top 14, you guys. And there's 150 plus law schools in the United States that can help you be able to be a practicing attorney. That's the point of going to law school, right? So if that's your end goal and it's to go to law school, then my advice to you is don't get discouraged. I know you are, but chin up, like you can do this, keep up the hard work and try and take the LSAT again. And if you can't take the LSAT again, um, let's say you're in your senior year of college and you have like one more chance to make grades, seriously, try to make the best grades possible. The higher the GPA that you have and the lower the LSAT, right? It can It's like a reverse splitter, they call it. So you could potentially get into a school with a low GPA, but you have a high enough, I mean, a low LSAT score, but a high enough GPA where it kind of balances itself out, you know, because you might be a bad test taker, but they see, oh, you made a 3.5 in college. Okay, that's way better than a 140 on the LSAT. You know what I'm saying? So that would be my advice. I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, don't be discouraged, like I said, but if you aren't in law school, I mean, excuse me, if you aren't in college and you're, or maybe you are in your senior year of college, like she mentioned, and you're, you know, doing your grades, but you still haven't gotten your LSAT score up or whatever, you know, maybe you are thinking about working before going to law school. I think that that's a great idea. One, it helps solidify that you know what you want to do when you do go to law school, um, not only to yourself, but also to the admissions committee at any of the schools you're applying to. It also shows that you can be in that environment and you can be successful if you can survive a year at any workplace in your 20s. Like People are impressed. So that is important. Um, if you, like we said, if you aren't really feeling like you know what you want to do and you're not willing to start getting into debt or add on to your student debt, then I think recommend, I do recommend working, um, just trying to navigate how you feel about things and make sure that it's the right thing to do. What do you think? Yeah, I think working is a great opportunity to also take time to study for the LSAT more, you know, um, when you're not in college and you're working, um, I mean, I've never been in this position, but I'm assuming from what I've been told from my friends that work and don't go to law school that, you know, you go to work and then at five o'clock when you're done, you're kind of done. 
you don't usually, I mean, starting off, right, depending on your career, you're not really working at home a lot. So that's like the perfect time to study because you don't have homework unless you have a job that like requires outside of, you know, work. Yeah. And also like most jobs don't want you to work outside of work because of just employment law and the way that, you know, it just um, hinders your potential work when you are in the office, because if you're working at home, like they calculate it to be about an eight hour day. Usually, I mean, most workplaces try to keep you busy, right? So whenever you're at home working, it's, it's just not the same thing as I imagine like RBG going home every night and like continue working. Like that's not what you're going to be doing in your twenties. When you get done with work, you're going to be going home and like watching Netflix and like making dinner and going to Trader Joe's and like decorating your house. You're not worried about anything else, you know? So you definitely do have that time to study and devote more time to something that you care about, which could potentially be a higher LSAT score. And that's the thing. A higher LSAT score and a lower GPA is also a reverse splitter. Like if you get a 170 on the LSAT and you have a 3.0, I guarantee you, you'll get into a really good school. Yeah. And one of the last like things that we got asked or that have been mentioned to us before is just like financially, like how do you handle law school? What are your financial tips? We even got asked like, how do I go to law school debt-free? And you know, that last one's crazy to me because I just, you know, never think it's possible. But obviously, if you get a full ride scholarship, you could go for free, right? But I think you can save money in a lot of different ways. You can live at home. You can, if you obviously, you know, you can't live at home. Say you're like a working mom, right? Or like you're a mom and your husband works, right? Like obviously, you do live at home, so it doesn't really work. But say you're a young 20 something who just graduated undergrad. Um, save up as much money as you can work before and use that money when you're in law school. I think it's really hard to go to law school without taking out loans unless you are on a really large scholarship. Yeah. Or if you can like pay out of pocket. Yeah. You know, exactly. Um, I think, I mean, law school is known to cause a lot of debt, right? Uh, most people are taking out loans in some capacity. Um, so, I mean, if you want to go debt free, you're going to have to get that LSAT score. You're going to have to maybe go to a lower ranked school than you would like to, because they'll offer you more money. Yeah. Um, you might have to just make a straight A's throughout college, like depending on where you want to go too, because a full ride at a lower ranked school is going to be easier to get than a full ride at a higher ranked school. Um, and that's just like the reality of it, you know? So with that in mind, if you can't do those things, then you go, maybe you need to take, take, take significant time off and save up to pay for law school, you know, or find a job that will sponsor you to go to law school that too. So there are options. It's just like, you really have to find that pathway. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I, I just never, I've never, you know, I knew that wasn't the case for me, yeah. you know? And I knew that, that would prolong my journey, so I didn't really want to take that route. 
So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different options. Um, if you guys are interested in hearing more about financing in law school, I'm sure we can find someone out there that can help um, shed some light on it. So let us know, um, you know, where to find us. <laughs> but we uh, got a lot of questions about mental health and finals and imposter syndrome. And like you guys, it's 100% real. I feel it all the time. It's something that a lot of people deal with that are in a more professional realm and a place where they're helping people. You feel like you have a lot of weight on your shoulders. Um, I just want, first off, to know that you're being heard and that we see you and we hear you and we know that it's hard. We got this from like three or four 1Ls that follow us. And some of you guys have been following us for a while. And I just want to give you a hug because I totally get it. I went through it. I know Samantha went through it. You go through it in different times of your career and probably like different times of law school. And even in like the practice of law, I'm sure we'll be going through the same feelings. So I mean, just for example, guys, I literally went through imposter syndrome in the last episode when I said I would never be like a Vogue lawyer. So And I didn't even recognize it really until like you were telling me like, what? No, you can do it. You know? So like, even now, like we still feel it. Yeah. And I think it's just a really important part of all of that is to surround yourself with people who recognize your worth, help lift you up and tell you that you can do it even whenever you think you can't. And even if this podcast is something that you surround yourself with, like we get it. Sometimes we have to sit back and like listen to our own words, but it's really important to have someone and something or whatever it may be, a multitude of those telling you that you can do it and that you're going to be okay. That's really important. Yeah. I mean, I think that, Finding that support system in law school is really important and that can really help combat that imposter syndrome. Also, you know, a few episodes episodes ago, we had our friend Bailey on and she said that she would put um, like recommendation letters that people have written her on her fridge so she can remind herself that like she, you know, can do it. Like she obviously has worked hard and just to remind yourself that you are successful. If you're in law school, like, you're already in a very small percentage of people in the world that can do it. Um, So that's already a feat in itself. I totally agree. It's also funny that she said that because I had for a long time, like some letters on my fridge as well. And they weren't recommendation letters, but I'm also someone who enjoys like cards and getting cards from people. And like, that's just something I've always kept them. Um, so whenever I left to go to law school, my friends wrote me a bunch of letters and so did my siblings. And those were some of them that I had chosen as well. And I mean, I think even reaching out to people that you love and asking them like, Hey, would you write me an encouraging letter? Like, so that I can hang it on my fridge. Like they're going to do it. (laughs) Trust me because they love you and they probably want to help you. And if that's the way it is, that's so easy. Whenever you think about it, they're going to be so willing. So Sometimes all you have to do is ask, you know? Shoot, we'll even write you and mail them to you. No, seriously, though, we often get messages that from people that just want, like, a little bit of encouragement. And yeah. we seriously, like, reach out to us. We are always down to talk. Seriously. Yeah. Even if it takes a second, because, guys, we're in finals and, yeah. you know, 
life comes in the way and school comes first, you know, for us. So that's, if we don't answer your DM immediately, we will get to it. I promise. For sure. We'll be right back. Hey guys, we want to take a moment to talk about something that has been a game changer for us busy lawyers, Audible. Yes, Audible has been our go-to platform for incredible audiobooks, offering an extensive library of thrillers, nonfiction, autobiographies, and mysteries. And guess what? We've got a special treat for you. Audible is offering a free trial to our listeners, and all you need to do is check the link in the show notes. It's the perfect opportunity to experience the magic of audiobooks without spending a dime. Speaking of thrillers, I know you're currently hooked on Never Lie by Frida McFadden. Samantha, can you tell us a little bit about it? Absolutely. The twists and turns in Never Lie have kept me on the edge of my seat during the workday and even when I'm on my daily walks. It's like having a suspenseful companion wherever I go. And for those looking for some financial wisdom, I have been engrossed in My Money, My Way by Kamuku Love. It's packed with practical advice on managing finances, perfect for anyone trying to navigate the complexities of money management. What we love most is the flexibility Audible offers. As lawyers, our schedules can be unpredictable, but with Audible, we can enjoy our favorite books on the go, whether we're stuck in traffic, hitting the gym, or waiting for a court hearing. So if you're ready to embark on a literary journey and discover the joys of audiobooks, click the link in the show notes to start your free trial with Audible. Trust us, you won't want to miss out on this fantastic offer. Also, we got a question about burnout and I mean, it's just, it's a hundred percent real. I think being really intentional with your time is important in the burnout aspect because you can find yourself in a situation where you have worked and worked and worked, you know, um, in our last episode, we talked about staying at the law school till 4am and it's like, that's when you catch yourself in burnout because you're just doing stuff to be doing stuff and you need to make sure that you're taking time for yourself. Yeah. Like I definitely experienced that this semester with our compressed schedule around week, I think it was like nine or 10. I literally was like breaking down. I, I was just going for literally 10 weeks straight of just working my ass off, like literally, you know? And, um, no there way. there comes a point where you're just tired and it feels, you feel guilty for wanting to take a break. And we've talked about this, like you need to take a break. It's important to take breaks, but, um, it's really important to do that. Yeah. So, and, and it, burnout is real. Like you said, Yeah. and it's okay. You're not alone because everyone's feeling it. And if you're not feeling it, maybe you've managed your time more wisely, but it, it, it happens to a lot of people. I totally agree. I mean, at a certain point, you can feel like your school workload is like starting to suffocate you or crush you. And I think at that point, you have to recognize that you need to take a step back. Like you have to do it. Even if you feel like no one else is doing this, like, I don't know, like even the way people act or, you know, there is someone who like locked themselves in their room or on paper chase, like they're in that hotel room for like 24 hours, 48 hours. Like that's all 
just like a part of the Hollywood idea. That's not real. It's not good for you. You aren't going to be your most successful self whenever you treat your body like that. So keep that in mind with your mental health and with finals coming up. Now let's talk a little bit about online school. So most of you this past semester, if you're in law school, even in undergrad, like most schools right now, I think Mm -hmm. are online. Um, So we got just a few questions about like, how do you get back on track after falling behind when you are in online school? Yeah. So I think we, I definitely have experienced that with the amount of work and tests that we had in the middle with our midterm and then the MPRE. I uh, definitely fell behind in schoolwork. I think I have to catch up by making the most of my time. Um, So my tips there are, you know, using case briefs that are already made to your advantage. Outlining will help you whatever else left, whatever you have left will help you learn the rest of the material. And then practicing will initially just sum it up for you. So don't get overwhelmed if you have fallen behind. But just know that you are going to have to learn that material somewhere. So make sure you're allowing yourself that time to do that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to even say anything because I think you hit all the points. But um, the last question was, how have you all adjusted to networking with virtual law school? So we are currently in a hybrid schedule. So we are not fully virtual. So we really haven't had to network much virtually. We are part of the Texas Legal Society at our school. We're both on like the executive board and um, Haley put on a networking, I guess it could be a networking kind of thing. I mean, she had a judge come and talk and people can ask questions, et cetera. So that's something that your school may do. You know, Um, I know clubs can have a lot of guest speakers and that's a way to talk to other attorneys and stuff but I honestly I um I don't know like how people would virtually um network other than LinkedIn would be important cold emailing I think like let's just say it if you don't have a LinkedIn you need to make that right now now like pause the episode and go make your LinkedIn LinkedIn and then come back so you can listen to the rest of it yeah because that's the way you're going to be able to cold without calling people cold call people right like you can get so much information from people you can see who works where and if they still work there and where they used to go and where they went to undergrad and all these connections that you can make with people but just by saying like hey i went to texas tech you went to texas tech like you want to let me work for you because i'm super bad a lawyer and they're like yeah actually i do because people need workers and if you're willing to fill that spot and you're a hard worker then it's a perfect fit right so um in that instance though where samantha was mentioning the where i set up that whole uh zoom call with the judge she mentioned that she loved when people cold emailed and that they basically you know would cold email and she thought okay yeah i'm willing to take a meeting with them because they're just willing to reach out to me even when you know, they only, we, I only spoke at one event and they're like, Hey, you know, you spoke at this event and you said that we could reach out. Like, would you be willing to let me come up there and talk with you or have lunch or whatever? And she always says yes. So I think people are more likely than not to say yes. Um, in those instances. And I think with virtual law school, you have to be more willing to do that. And you can't be scared of 
getting told no. You have to just be willing to like put yourself out there. Also, I think that next semester, once we figure out like what our school is doing, and I guess depending on how COVID is and all that, um, like how our I don't know if we're going to be hybrid or online, like who knows at this point, but we do have like our school networking event where we like job fair is usually in the spring for us. So, I mean, we'll keep you guys updated on what we end up doing for that because that would be considered, I guess, a networking event at the school. And if that's online for us, like we will definitely let you know how that goes and tips. Yeah, for sure. We definitely will keep you updated on what our next steps would be and you know like what do you even say whenever you talk on the zoom call like do you go in and out of the room like what's it set up like i'm sure there's gonna be tons of questions i mean i just thinking about that gives me like a i know i like literally just thought about that like right as we were yeah, talking so i was like oh like, uh, how is that gonna work exactly so i'm sure that you guys feel the same way right you know you get told okay we're gonna do this we're gonna do mock trial online you're just like oh what does that mean so you know, as always, we try to keep it transparent and let you guys know what's going on for us, at least. And, you know, let you guys know of any stories that we also hear from our listeners. Um, but yeah. So thank you so much, guys, for sending all of your questions. We will be posting um, later, more towards like the new year. We'll do a nice new year Q and a for all your questions that you might get over the break. Like after you guys get grades and all of that, and maybe we can talk about how ranking works and how to maybe take, um, maybe boost your GPA and stuff, you know? Um, so we'll definitely be asking more questions for that. And we appreciate your input as always. And let us know if in the meantime, you have any dying questions that you want to know. Um, also let us know how your finals go and how you're feeling. And if, like we said in this episode, if you need a little pick me up, you just let us know and you know where to find us as always guys. Thanks for joining us this week. We hope that we uh, gave you something good to listen to. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at ladies law school podcast. Check out our merch at ladies and make sure to give us a five-star review. We would really appreciate it. We'll see you guys again. We'll see you guys. LOL. We will chat with you guys again next week. Bye. Bye.